Welcome to the Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the freelance dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to the Freelance Dance. Let's start this way. I, I tweeted Apple today. Did you really? I did. About what? Um, so have you guys ever listened to your headphones on your computer? Like you've been listening to music, headphones on? Uh, yeah. Like a, yep. Okay. Yeah, like a daily basis maybe? Okay. Like all the, all the time. All the time. So I'm just working away at my things and I get a text and the ding goes off. Yeah. And I about fall out of my chair. Oh, cause you're so loud. A pretty sizable volume. <laughs> and I'm like, there's gotta be a way for me to adjust the volume level of my notification only. That bell, that my bell sound system. when you get a text. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it turns out there isn't. There isn't a way for me to pull down the volume level of just my text notification. Here's a workaround. I go oh, do not disturb. Oh, but there is. I, I've looked everywhere. I will tell you right now. I Googled it. I did not find it. I'm glad that I've had this conversation with you that you could educate, educate me. Do you hear my dog whining right now? That's funny. No, um, not at all. So I'm whining right I now. I am going to show you. You have the app. Sound source, right? Oh, okay. Okay. Perfect. I am not looking for a third party solution. Oh, you don't want I to want think. a native solution. Ah, no, come on. That we were, you're oh, already okay. controlling your sound. You're already controlling your sound. You're already managing your sound with sound source. So you're already in the third party but, ecosystem. So, but let me ask Mac, you this on your Mac. When, when you open your car door and you leave it open too long, you get a, a ding in your car, right? <laughs> right. What if that, is that sound like adjustable? It's not. No. Just so you know, it's not. I, it may be in like a test. Cars. Maybe you can. Probably, maybe yeah. Some cars, yeah. If your volume was all the way up on your radio, have you ever gotten into your car when the volume's oh, yeah, all yeah, the way yeah, up yeah. and you, like you start oh, yeah. it and like it scares you to death? Yeah. Um, that. That's Love what that. I'm asking for. I'm just saying, hey, you know what? I'd like to get a message. I would like to not have a cardiac arrest while I'm getting it. <laughs> So I tweeted Apple. Okay. I said, hey, Apple, let's, can, can we find a solution to this? And they did the classic, which all corporations do. Can you just um, DM us, please? Or? Yeah. Thanks for that. Let's take this offline. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I submitted my request, you know, to the thing. And there wasn't actually even a direct one-to-one that I could, department I could reach out to. So I'll keep you updated if they get back with me about this and want me to work for Apple. I mean, I'll let you know. Well, for a temporary solution, come on. Oh, I'm okay with that. How about a temporary solution before Apple gets back to you, which is going to be when never. Okay. Next to- They're not going to get back to you about that. <laughs> you are like, look, that's a feature. That's not a bug. Um, oh, it's a bug. Open up sound source. All right. I'm doing said go to add. Favorite. Oh, you know what? I, I don't, I don't have sound source. Oh, I have loopback and I have audio hijack. I did I'm not sorry. pay for sound source. All right. No, no, no. You don't have to apologize. If, if you have, if you have if sound was, source made by Rogue Amoeba, great app, by the way, guys, sound source, you can actually select a 
an application as a favorite and you can adjust the volume for any application. So I'm not going to say that uh, this, this is hundred percent going to work, but I believe you should be able to adjust the volume on that one application messages app and then be able to um, turn it down. And so it won't blow your eardrums out. For what it's worth, that was going to be my recommendation too. I've never used it, but I've seen that mentioned many times for that specific use case of just altering sound levels for all sorts of things on your desktop. So that's probably a good pick for anyone who wants that. I, I, so I think that's so fascinating because there's a solution that is solving a lot of people's problems. And the problem is that the company who's created the software has not addressed it. Right. I mean, it's solving a problem. I mean, it's not just the iOS issue or the, you know, the OS issues. There's other sound settings, quick, which is important. Quick marketing hack for Rogue Amoeba. So basically quick marketing strategy. They need to create landing pages for every problem that people will be searching for loaded with SEO keywords. So, you know, I, how do I mute my messages or lower their volume? And they should just have a landing page and give you a couple paragraphs with screenshots and then a download buy now link. Rogan Meba, that Jake. was $10,000. <laughs> My name is Jake Knight, and I'll implement Brandon's said request. <laughs> That's so, right. um, Marty uh, will design the landing page. All of their, no, look, all of their apps Audio Hijack, Sound Source, Loopback. Uh, what's the other one? F- f- we use the F. Fission. Virago. Fission. Virago. Virago, the sound, the sound, um, sound app the, or the, the sound effects app, and then Vision which is like a little mini lossless MP3 mm. editor, by the way. Anyway, I like that. so I use that. No, actually, that's what I use. I will say I use Fission to update our metadata for our podcast. So it has our cover on it and it has our episode number and all that good stuff. But I do use Fission for that, by the way. BT does. Nice. Nice. I actually heard in Clubhouse somebody recommend uh, Rogue Amoeba as the website to go to for, for audio. Cause this, this is a huge audio yes. thing. So I guess my takeaway is that, um, Apple has a problem. Should buy, should buy rogue amoeba. They should. I mean, they really rogue should amoeba's open to it. They should take that and incorporate that. Cause this is just ridiculous. It's 2021. I should not be scared out of my chair when I get a text message, which by the way, if you have a family member who likes all the photos, that your that your sister in law sends of of their said niece, and like we're talking like ten or fifteen maybe, and they like every one. Do you know what that's Ooh. like to have that like ding 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 ding? Anyway, I'm just saying therapy's going well. Wait, you get so, notifications for what now? Every single time they do a tap feedback on one of those photos, oh. so they're liking each of the photos. In and honestly, okay, how about this? iMessage is not a social platform. Can we just like have that, have that conversation? Isn't it though? I think it is, man. How else are they contacting you? They're not contacting okay, you. So then, okay, you're right. So how about this? I say, take it as a social platform. Then give me the options <laughs> to do the things I can do in all the other social platforms. Like mute this person. Yeah, you can do that. Anyway. It's getting better, man. I don't know if you looked at all the features in the latest iOS, you have threading, you have all that stuff, like consistent groups and headers, and it's getting yeah. good. Whenever I get a group message, I just do that little slide over, D&D. Uh, 
That's why we haven't which, heard from Marty recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Marty's MIA must be on vacation. But no, I'm going to answer group messages cool. on my terms. No big deal. No, I, <laughs> I I think what you said though this is interesting to me because the solution to my problem was buying another company's software, right? And and I think as freelancers we have such the plethora of solutions out there for us that cause us to spend money and and there's no shortage of things to spend money on. You have a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Give me hundred bucks. <laughs> what what? Uh, when does Vanilla Ice's lyric not apply, you know, to, to, to anything in freelance? Always. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. Yeah. Always percent. It sure does. But, but I, so, so we've, we've talked about this beforehand. So we've, we've decided that, that money is an important topic to talk about for freelancers or for those who are self-employed and money is a very taboo subject just in society. As you know, period. Did your parents ever talk about how much money they made? Mine didn't. Oof. Didn't talk about the paycheck. Didn't no. talk about. I think I remember seeing it accidentally on some forms and I, I had no idea what even a good income was or what a standard income was. So, yeah, I think I think I saw it accidentally and that was eye opening to understand. But it wasn't talked about. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I remember being five years old and trying to convince my parents that they had enough money to buy me a bike. Like that, that's a real, like a real story. Like I, I don't know how I came across this, this conversation I was like, listen, it's easy. Like this is how much a bike costs. You probably make more than that. Like you could buy me this bike. Like this is reasonable. I don't understand. At any rate, money's a conversation. We don't talk about it enough. So you started your marketing career Marty. very early. Oh man. <laughs> Oh man, it's in my blood. It's in my DNA. Um, yeah, yes. There's a song about that, but um, so so here's what I think is an important an important thing for us to talk about is you, you do work for yourself. You get money coming in. A corporation or a big business, they understand that there is these levels of expenses and overhead and they've got a building and they've got employees, they've got all these different things. When you're kind of working for yourself, a lot of that just, you know, let's say you do your first gig and you get 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. That feels so good. And you want to take that and reward yourself instantly with like, look at me, I've done a great thing. Let's take this money. Let's go out and buy this thing, this product, whatever, this product, whatever. I need a new laptop right or tennis shoes i don't know like <laughs> i mean that could be a thing nfts that's a thing right now you can go I spend your money on mm-hmm. spend your money on that um so brandon marty i'm curious and i feel like if you go back to every episode there is a line that says i'm curious what do you guys think which is true i am actually curious when it comes to getting money in what's your default What's your gut response to when money comes in? What do you do with it? Oh, uh, pay bills, <laughs> pay for things. No, I, so when, when I get paid, so first of all, I, I will say that I try to make it as easy as possible for my clients to pay me. And so I use a system that, so that way they can, they can just 
uh, I send them a form or send them a, uh, an email and they can click a button and they can pay me online with their credit card. And I eat the credit card fees. No big deal. It's the price of doing business. Um, and then I get paid and that automatically goes into my business account. And my business account is for all of things, you know, for my business. And so, uh, I have subscriptions that I have to pay for on a monthly basis for hosting and, and various other incidental stuff. And then I have, um, taxes I have to pay and all that great stuff, but yeah, all of that money goes into the bank and then that's part of the business. So I just keep there. And when I need to use it for X, Y, Z, um, business related issues or business related stuff, um, then I use it. But, uh, yeah, it usually just stays in the bank. Try to keep it in the bank as long as possible. Unless I have to pay for stuff. Okay. Okay. That's an, we're going to unpack a couple of things you said, because there's, I think that there's some nuggets inside there. Uh, Brandon money comes in. What do you do with it? Mm -hmm. First of all, the disclaimer that none of us are financial experts <laughs> and we all probably do things slightly different and please do not take our advice as, as a guaranteed way to handle it. Cause I think we all handle it differently. And I certainly will never claim to handle it correctly. I found a way to do it, but I, I know it's not the perfect way. I can always make improvements, but it's a similar approach to Marty. I mean, I, I, I do enable people to pay me in a variety of ways, which is good. And have a business account that gets transferred to my personal account. I'm a single member LLC, so it's it's easy to account for all that. But yeah, I mean, we all have our, our monthly fixed expenses and that always is in my head. I know exactly what that number is. It only fluctuates a few dollars a month because of like, say your power bill or, you know, little things that aren't fixed. So I, I know in my mind what that's going to be. And then I use, I really use one credit card. And so that's what I put, you know, tons of stuff on obviously. And I'm able to pay that off and whatever's left either stays in the bank account or it should go to a savings or some investments. But that's that's a key part that I need to figure out how I'm going to handle that. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely not complicated. I used to use two or three different credit cards for a variety of reasons, but past five, six, seven years, I've just used one and kept it simple. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it. I, I will. Uh, well, Jake, what do you do? Yeah. So there's past Jake and this current Jake. So let's talk about past Jake first. Past Jake would get money in. I get 50 bucks. I spend 50 bucks. I get $300 in. I spend 300. I get 5,000. I spend 5,000. And by spending, I mean, when I'm married, with a family, wife, no children, um, I would sometimes pass money into my account and then simply write a check over to my personal for the exact same amount. Um, in fact, one time I had a bank and a credit union that were neighbors and I would deposit a check and I would go to the other credit union and then, and then deposit like, so put the money in the one account, write myself a check or the other account and like deposit it in that account. I actually got called into the branch manager's office one day and he was like, wanted to clarify, just so you know, like it's illegal to deposit funds and write yourself a check. Essentially he was accusing me of like fraud, like laundering, like not laundering money, but fraud. Like I was depositing money and then putting in, and I wasn't doing that. I was just doing what I just said. I was taking, Hey, whatever money I get in, 
it's going to go right into this account, but it hadn't cleared the other account. And there was, I guess, some legal laws and, you know, maybe it's federal legal. I don't know. Um, <laughs> because any bank that accuses Jake, this, you of being a criminal. Is this podcast going to be take used? Advice. Yeah. Is this podcast going to be used in discovery in a trial? <laughs> no, no. This, this past Jake uh, years ago, 2006, Jake. 2006, no, no time, no specific time, no timelines needed. Do you want the zip code? <laughs> Do you want my bank account numbers? Okay. Um, no, anyway, I, I didn't know. I just was putting, depositing money and passing it off to my, to my personal that that's it. So I think my takeaway from that is like, Hey, there's a process and money's got to clear and it's got to go. And I always have nothing ever balanced. Nothing ever was, you know, there was nothing that was illegal happening, obviously. Um, but I think there's a tendency when you're a freelancer to think that like, Oh, this money came in. I have it. Now here it goes to spend it. So that was old Jake, take it, spend it. New Jake, and this is probably Mike Michalowicz. I think we've talked about his profit first system in previous episodes. And again, like Brandon said, none of us are experts. We don't have degrees in this stuff. And if you follow anything we say and it goes badly for you, that sucks. And we're sorry, but we told you we're not experts in this. So don't, don't do that. We're just, we're just throwing out here's scenarios. Here's things that other freelancers have done. Mike Michalowicz, he is a professional. He's written several books on this, has some awesome concepts. So here's what I currently do. I have four accounts. I have a, all my money goes into one account. Then I have a spreadsheet that I put that deposit total in and it splits it out into these other accounts. So that's my business account is the main account. I have a tax account. 15% of everything that I get in goes into that account. Off the bat, just sits in that account. I pay taxes quarterly for my business. So money sits in until quarterly until I pay in. The next account is my operating expenses, which is the money that I use to run my business, subscription fees, um, software as, as a service, you know, my Adobe license, my hosting accounts, um, Zoom fees, right? Adobe get, yeah, right. Um, I have a profit account, which in my case, 5%, it's actually, it is 5% that goes to that account, but that's another, another topic, but then 50% of my business. So my, my, my expense account, I think is 20%, 20, then 15, that's 35 and then 15. Yeah. So my, my personal account is 50%. So whatever money I get in 50% goes into what I pay myself, my salary essentially. Um, so that's how I break up the money that comes in. So someone writes me a hundred dollar check for services. I take 50 bucks of that. And I put that into my personal account, but I write what a check I write my family. I take $15 of that and put it in my tax account. I take 25 bucks and leave that in my operating expenses. And then $5 goes into my profit account, profit account. I don't touch that just kind of sits there. Read his book. If you want the details. But for me, I found this is the best way to kind of break up. The old way was funnel everything into the family. And guess what? His analogy is the best. If you have a, a thing, a, a toothpaste, like a brand new container of toothpaste, what do you do? You throw somebody in a toothbrush and use it. What happens when you get down to the very end of your toothpaste? 
you roll that thing up and you squeeze out every last little bit and you're pressing it, you're bending it, you're folding it. And you're like, just want to get a little bit. We spend what we have. We're, we're not savers by nature as a species. So if you have it, you'll spend it. So put that money, keep it separate. So mm-hmm. that's, that's my current cash flow situation. It's pretty sophisticated. Like it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's all checking all the boxes. You, you made a really good you, point. And one of the reasons we talked about this too, is at the time of this recording, at least the tax deadline got pushed out a month because of all the COVID stuff, just like it did last year, three months, but this year oh, no, it's one, one month, no, one. one month. Yeah. This month yeah. or this year, it's one month. So May 17th, I believe is the date, but, um, that kind of brought to our minds tax season for a freelancer is is a nightmare. And I think the key takeaway there that I made a mistake my first few years doing this without any any education is save that 15 to 20 percent for taxes. I know you think it's not going to be a lot, but it's going to be 15 to 20 percent if you're doing things legally, which the three of us all do and are very honest in that case. So it's going to cost around that at least after deductions and everything. And so. Man, that is such a critical piece. You can't hear that enough as a freelancer. What you just said, Jake, is just it's not even your money. 15%, it goes somewhere else. You can't touch it. Then taxes won't be so terrible for you. Unfortunately, I have the money in my account. I don't put it anywhere else, but it is available to pay taxes. So I'm still covering my bases, but I love your approach of putting it somewhere else, physically moving it into a different savings account or checking account or whatever. With all of those accounts, do you, do you have fees for the, all of those different accounts? I'm glad you asked that because that's one of the caveats I was going to say. So, so this, this cost me, this, this mm-hmm. cost me as a business to do it this way. But here's what I found. You do not, at the end of a calendar year, want to owe the government $5,000 and you don't have $5,000. The federal government is pretty lenient as far as um, their fees go. They're pretty minimal. Many states, and I, you know, honestly, we're we're based in the U.S. We've got listeners in thirteen other countries, maybe maybe more. Obviously, your laws are different than ours, and and I don't, I can't speak to that. But I know in the U.S., there are many states whose penalties are like twenty five percent of what you owe. So you owe a thousand bucks, they're going to penalize you two hundred and fifty dollars just for being late. So it adds up, and that might be per month. That it might be per quarter. I mean, that can add up significantly. So I've learned the hard way from finishing a year and not having that money available. And then it, it becomes due and going, oh no, I don't have five grand. And then getting caught up on that is so hard as a freelancer, especially when, let's face it, it's challenging to be a freelancer and all the expenses. So I, like you said, Brandon, I literally look at that money as it's not mine. It's, it's not my money. I, it comes in, it goes to this account. And the Mike Michalowicz way is uh, actually put it in a different bank. Do not have a debit card. Do not have oh, a check. Yeah. Do not, it's a savings account that if you want that money, you physically have to drive to that location and ask them for it. And they give you an envelope with it and you can go do what you want with it. I think that's great advice. I'm a little too lazy to go that, to go that far. I think I have the solution. I've got self-control to put it into that account and I don't pull from it. Um, but also my taxes with the, the state, they all pull from that tax account when it comes time to pay taxes. So no, I think that's so, so, so important and can't be understated that that money is not yours and to make sure you separate that and just 
whole litany of reasons, but yeah. Pay the man. Pay the man. <laughs> well, I here's the thing though, you're gonna you're gonna have to spend money on your business. And there's things yeah. you gotta pay for. And um, like you said, you have software that you have to pay for or services that you have to pay for every month. Um, so you, you kind of talked about it a little bit. I know for me, um, and I don't, it's a little bit different. I don't know if it's the same or not, Brandon, you're talking about, I don't know how many services you have to pay for every month. I've got a bunch of different services that I pay for every month, um, just to run, run my business. Um, so I have, I have my own personal credit card, but then I have a business credit card and business credit card, meaning I only pay for business expenses on that credit card period and anything that and it's anything that i i spend money on is going to go through that credit card instead of paying it directly from my bank because hey that credit card gives me points or gives me miles or give me gives me you know gives me uh, additional benefits because of using it um so that's another thing where it's like oh okay if i want to if i'm going to be spending stuff on a monthly basis I'm not, I, you know, I don't want it to just come from my bank account. I want to be able to get rewarded for it a little bit. And that's what's nice about using a credit card specifically for business expenses. Um, because, Hey, you know, one day I'm going to go on a trip and I may want to use those miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, or maybe want to go, you know, go to a conference or something and want to use those miles. So, um, that's really, for me, that's super beneficial to have a, a business credit card, which is separate from my own personal, you know, expenses, but a business card for paying for all of those services on a monthly basis. Nice. Brandon, what about you? Yeah. I, the biggest lesson beyond taxes for me was getting good credit cards. Like Marty's saying, um, I, I went embarrassingly, embarrassingly long amount of time without getting, smart credit cards with good points. I just, I think once you get in a certain credit card program, it's just, it's, it's momentum. Like you just stick with it. Cause you feel like, Oh, I've been with them for seven years and you know, now nah, it's not great, but it's just easy and convenient. And I'd haven't had an issue. It's, it's hard to make a, a switch. It's kind of like switching banks. The thought of that mm -hmm. just makes me want to crawl up in a hole. Like, even though it's really not as hard as it, it sounds these days to get a new bank account or switch banks. But with credit cards, I, I went the Sky Miles route. Yeah. I went the Sky Miles route with the I, I, I wanted to really get travel perks and status. And I've gone all in on the Sky Miles lifestyle and only the past <laughs> four or five years of doing this. But it's great. Like Marty said, after COVID, I've got several round trip tickets for free. and I've got status and I've got free tickets I haven't used that I've been earning. And, you know, if you're going to like Marty said, you're going to spend money on your business and personally get points for it, get rewarded so that you can feel good about that money. I mean, that's that's an yeah. easy thing these days, but find the right card for you. I and mean, what's that one that everyone loves? The Chase Sapphire. And I think that's the one that people talk about a lot. But um, there's the there. So there's, yeah, like you have the, the American Express Sky Miles, which has got really, really good uh, benefits. Um, and then there's also the Venture Card from Ch from Capital One. Yeah, he's got that's what I have. really, really great. Yeah, uh, that's the one uh, travel, travel, car, travel rewards. And then um, I don't know about the Chase, but yeah, yeah I think that when you mentioned those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those two pretty the, good. That's funny because so I have the I have the uh, Capital One. I've had that forever. 
Um, I haven't looked at it in forever because, oh, we're not traveling anywhere, you know, plot twist. Um, I look in and I have like 150 bucks worth of rewards dollars if I wanted just to redeem them for gift cards. Just, you know, easy peasy. But so here's, but here's one of the things I think it's important to, um, we've touched on it a little bit. You got credit cards. So here's a mistake I made back in October, November, October. I had a little checkbox checked to pay balance in full mm-hmm. on my credit cards as an auto thing. Just, you know, just to, just as a, every month, I just, that comes, every that month, comes, yep. pays it in full. Right. Um, what happened is there was one month, I, don't, I can't remember which one it was, October, November, several thousand dollars worth of expenses versus things that I think I bought a drone, Stuff I some other things. Stuff yeah. happens, right? You got um, to buy a drone every now and then. So, uh, right. Know. I mean, once a year, you got to, you got to <laughs> splurge on the thing you're going to use someday. Um, so what happened is, is my, my cash reserves, like I looked at them, you know, one day and I was like, oh my goodness, they've dropped by 50%. And I, I was like, what, what happened? And I realized that that little checkbox to pay credit cards in full was still checked. And so that money just vanished out of my account and it and so ideally that's what you should do you should pay it off every month you should not acquire interest for things you do as a small business however cash flow is very important that you have enough cash in your account in in case something terrible happens in case there is a problem in case you have a client that dies or goes out of business i mean dies is extravagant i'm sorry if that's happened to you i, I apologize um as in figuratively dies figuratively yeah thank you <laughs> Um, goes but, away. No but, cash, but cash flow is super important. I don't think that's a concept that freelancers, self-employed, we think about a lot as cash flow, like having that reserve, that, that fuel for our plane. Uh, w- what do you guys think is some good advice that has helped you? Not that you're giving other people because we don't give other people advice. Yeah. What's some advice that has helped you? This one's been really relevant for me because of switching my business. I, I got spoiled by having monthly payments that was guaranteed that were guaranteed for a certain amount for many, many years. That was my life. And when I lost the client, I had to get a new one to replace it. But if you have stable clients and you rely on that income, cash flow is not really something you think about. But I think most freelancers aren't in that position. They, they don't have stable income that just goes on for years. And for me, switching my business I had to make sure because my cash flow has gone way down. It's not what it used to be because I'm building something new. But the reason I was able to do that is because I did have some reserves and I knew that I could be patient. And, you know, I switched this in October. Now it's March and I'm still able to keep the plane flying while I while I try some things. And I've made money during those six months, of course, but I'm trying to get back to where I was before I made the switch. So. Yeah, if you're going to make any changes in your business, man, I think the the standard advice is have six months minimum, really, if before you do anything too crazy. That might be a little too ambitious to me. I think it's more like three to six. Um, I, I worry a lot of people will never get there. They'll never have six months of income reserved to try something new in their business because of fear of failure. But, you know, three to six months, again, this is not advice, but... If you can make it work, you've just got to keep an eye on what's coming in and what's going out and have some reserves. If you don't have reserves, you probably shouldn't be trying something too radical right now. Stick to what you know. That's just a general piece of advice from personal experience. But 
um yeah all right so it is time for our freelance dance picks of the week um i'm gonna go first because mine is i went last last week and mine this week is a little more pedestrian yeah i think you're in the rotation to go first okay Mm -hmm. yeah all right our (laughs) our unofficial rotation so this is a more generic uh pick um but but recently i tried to sell a guitar amp of mine on facebook marketplace um i i've sold a handful of things in that space and since we've been talking about money here is my pick that revolves around putting money back in the coffer it's an amp i wanted 350 bucks for it i put it out there got several offers of people offering me guitars in exchange for the amp i didn't want guitars otherwise i would have said i want to trade this amp for a guitar so after three weeks of lowering the price and i finally got down to like 250 bucks for this amp this guy had been pretty persistent and had like a half half a dozen guitars said are you sure you're not interested in this guitar and i went you know what i can probably sell this guitar for more than i'm so he, he had a fender uh jazz master um, I've not played a jazz master previously. I did a bunch of research online and found it. Anyway, we made the swap. They're okay. You know what? They're great. They're great for what I'm <laughs> talking about. I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a studio musician. No, no albums are coming out of this, this, uh, studio. No, as, they sound, as of they yet. sound amazing. Jazz masters sound, sound great. Um, so I, so I, I, we message online and we do the trade. We meet up. And uh, he takes, and turns out he had a, uh, mine was a 212 line six amp. He had a 112 previously. So he just wanted a bigger version of what he had previously. So it was a, it was a wonderful match. I got the guitar. Sounds great. Looks great. I think I got the better deal in, uh, in a piece of technology that's worth more than what I traded. And at any rate. The guy knew my, what he wanted. The guy knew what he wanted. Yes. Also, I thought you guys last week, but um, we met as strangers. But when we left our little gas station exchange, brothers, I might be a frontman in his band. I don't know. Well, it's possible. Whoa. So look for that coming. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but uh, but this is this is my like my pick of the week slash little hack for freelancers. You probably have a lot of things in your house that you don't use anymore. Whether it's technology, it's hobbies, it's just stuff. A lot of the stuff that you have that you don't use has a value to somebody else. So, you know, we're again, we're coming on the tailwind of a, a year long pandemic. Who knows how long this is going to go. If you're struggling financially or you're just got a bunch of stuff. I mean, we got some stimulus money throughout the year and you <laughs> unemployment. Maybe you bought a bunch of stuff and you don't use it. My pick is whether it's Facebook or Craigslist or some other space don't be afraid to take what you have and throw it online to some online space because somebody else might want it and if you want to sell it for what it's worth that's great if you want to trade it for something else also a possibility i was going to sell my jazz master probably not probably not going to sell it now because you know what it's it's like this i don't know like a sultry gray i kind of like it like i don't know i'm just like it's a good so, looking guitar my pit. yes yeah, thank you. And funny, um, my wife loves to buy things online, as most 
wives do. Um, she bought me some uh, some graphic tees. One of them happened to be a Fender graphic tee. But that's uh, cool. It actually features the artwork of a jazz master guitar. And she didn't beautiful. know it because she doesn't know what that is. So it was kind of some serendipitous things that happened. But um, <laughs> it's wonderful. So you know what Sell a secondary yourself. pick is, Jake? Fender. What? Fender anything. As a yeah, guitar thought, player. Uh, yeah. Fender. Yeah. Fender's the pick, man. But yeah, you're you're you basically got us there already. But the the jazz master. But yeah, Fender makes great stuff. Yeah, that that's yeah, that's my pick of the week is just be willing to look around, find some things you want to sell. Marty might so, be wanting one well, of my Nikon cameras. So and, that's the thing. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> what uh, where do you sell your stuff? You said you sold it on you sold it on Facebook Marketplace or you sold it somewhere or somewhere else. Facebook Marketplace um, is the quickest for me. It's the fastest. Is it really? I, so I snap, the, I snap a few photos. Because there's, eat, yeah, have, there's this thing called Craigslist. Is that still a thing? People still use Craigslist. <laughs> yes, they are do. People. No, like, are people here, still here's the deal. Ready? Worthy? I mean, I don't know. If you have something that is easy to ship. My gut would say eBay. Oh, snap, okay. Download the app, snap a few photos. You can actually search. What if you don't have any reviews on eBay? Yeah, doesn't people matter. still buy from you. Yeah, you know what? You might not you you might not make as much off of what you're selling as somebody who has a hundred reviews. But 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 here's the deal: when someone wants something, they want it. They do. In nine times out of ten, they're going to go for the lowest priced option. So oh, unless, unless you're selling a Jaguar or a Tesla, I mean, don't, don't use eBay for Tesla sales. I'm just as a, as a thing, like, I think you have a better choice. You heard it. You heard it here, folks, the marketing guy <laughs> in our, in our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Call me directly <laughs> and I will broker your Tesla for you for a fee. Um, it's all part of a money episode, but no, uh, eBay is great. I, I've sold a guitar lens or a, a guitar lens, a camera lens. <laughs> things are getting blended um a camera lens for 200 bucks on ebay you let that go was, yeah like yeah go, maybe okay yep i just yep it's out it's gone um yeah i anyway there's a handful of choices honestly pick which one you're comfortable with that was my my pick is is to release craigslist is kind of craigslist is kind of shady now it's like you know are they going to show up? They're going to, they're going to text you. Well, they do that on, on, on let go too. They like text you. Hey, is this still on sale? Hey, is oh, this th- still thing for sale? I put a vehicle you- on Craigslist. Yeah. I hadn't had an 85 Corvette last year. I put on Craigslist and I'll be I got there. I'll, multiple- be there. I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> no, it <laughs> was, it was, I'm really interested in this car. Um, have you run a, uh, a VIN test on it yet? Well, no, not. Okay. Well here, run this test on it. Let, let me, here's just 20 bucks and then I'll take a look at it. It's just a scam t- for their <sighs> test. So honestly, a scam that? across the board. The Fox, the Fox VIN. Carfax. 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 Yeah, yeah, Carfax. Carfax. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Sorry. that's my pick of the anyway. week is take stuff you have, put it online, sell it. I'm agnostic as to what platform you use. If it's Craigslist or eBay or Facebook Marketplace or let go or get rid of your junk, just get rid of it. This is a great spring cleaning. Minimalize. Get rid of it. Yeah. There you go. It is spring. Yeah. That's my pick. Um, 
Me or you, Brandon? What do do you it, mean? Marty. You're already talking. Okay, let's go. Go for it. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't mean that mean. Just, <laughs> you already were queuing it up, so keep it going. <laughs> okay. Let's go. I might cut that. Eh, probably not. All no. right. So <laughs> mine is uh, work-related. Um, there's this uh, website called Whimsical. Whimsical.com. And you go to these to this guy these this website. They have a portfolio of apps that are all web apps, but they um, usually you'll have like uh, multiple apps on your computer that do all of these things at one place. So, which is nice is that you can you can um, essentially uh, do everything all from one place and work together. And it's a service that they provide for like uh, docs, flowcharts, wireframes, sticky notes, which is almost like a Kanban uh, type Trello type of workflow and mind maps. Um, I, I love, I love whimsical. Like they, you know, if you have an idea or if you have things you need to work on, um, you can easily switch back and forth between what uh, projects you're working on and, and be able to um, create wireframes, flowcharts really, really quickly. So check it out. Whimsical.com. This looks really good. I've never heard of this. Yeah. I haven't either. These are, I, you know, I like that they have their, their heading is think together, no office required. Um, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's working remotely right now, but being able to quickly, it, the thing is, is that some of these apps are really hard to, to work with. Um, these yeah. guys make it really easy and fast. This and reminds me of like a Google Docs for UX people. That just feels like yep. it. It's got everything exactly. you need plus Docs, but yeah, it's also designed very well. For- if you're, yeah, and, and I'm sorry. I should have prefaced with this is if you're a designer, you, you you're probably going to find these very useful. Oh yeah. Um, if you haven't already used it, um, but yeah. So, with what's nice too is that the Docs in the Docs you can actually Im- embed some of their other apps like the um, flow charts and the hmm. wireframes. So you can create like a presentation or a, a project plan. Um, so it's pretty cool. I like it. Whimsical.com. That's very cool. It nice. does seem like you said, like it would work real well for, for UX type prototyping and oh, man. collaboration. UX that, team yeah, this all the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Awesome. Bookmarked. All right, Brandon, uh-huh. it's yours. All right. All right. So this is something that it's a concept that come out for it's been around for a while, but uh, I think this was the original one. It looks like they might have sold it to someone and it's not not quite what it used to be, but I still want to recommend it because I think the concept is interesting. It has the bold title of the most dangerous writing app. That is literally what it's called. (laughs) The most dangerous writing app. Now. As a writer, I mean, we all write. We all have to communicate in our jobs, um, all three of us and everyone who's listening. Um, but I really have to write like articles and, you know, a lot of things like that, scripts, so forth. Um, the hardest thing for someone like me as a writer is I am very analytical and analyze everything that I do um, and edit it, you know, self edit while I write. And that's that's a big no, no. There's, you know, the, the thinking behind writing is you write a really bad first draft and then tweak it from there. That's really hard for me to do because I edit as I write and 
it's not the way to do it. But if you're kind of got those perfectionist tendencies like I do, I expect the first draft to be basically final, which isn't healthy. But <laughs> the nice the nice thing about the most dangerous writing app is that, um, first of all, they can generate prompts so they can give you ideas to get started if you're doing fiction and so forth. But the, the real thing I'm, I'm recommending here is to start writing without a prompt. And what you can do is you choose a session length or you choose a word count goal. And what's interesting about this is you have to keep writing. You can't stop or edit what you're writing or it just deletes everything. So, so you might have heard of this before, but I, I wanted to call it out for anyone who writes a lot because sometimes you got to get out of your own way. Um, and what I what I did is I was listening to this webinar recording earlier today and I fired this up just as a test before I recommended it. And I was taking notes as I was listening to the webinar and it was there were better notes than I would normally take because I, I knew I had to keep writing. I was just getting it out there, getting it out there because the threat of stopping or editing it and then losing everything. You don't want to do that. So that threat mm. is always there. And it's like, I've got to keep writing. And if you stop waiting for like five seconds, the screen gets a little dark and then the words go away. Oh, so this is it all. You lose it oh, all. Wow. Now this, this isn't this isn't something that you'd want to probably write your most valuable stuff on because of that. But the timer and the word count goal is pretty good because a lot of times as a writer, you have to write 800 words on something. And so you could fire this thing up, have an outline in mind. And just know that I got to keep I got to keep typing until I get there. Um, the thing that makes me kind of irritated, I don't think it was this way before, but I think this company bought this out or did their own implementation. If it deletes your text now, you can still at the at the little pop up that shows up, you can still export what you wrote as a doc, which kind of <laughs> breaks the illusion of it. But it's still psychologically knowing that in the main editor, it's all just going to disappear, gives you an incentive to keep writing and get out of your own way. And then once you reach the time limit or the word count goal, it stops and you can, of course, save the text or export it or do whatever you want with it. Kind of a gimmick, but um, for someone who has trouble, when you have trouble just getting words on the page, this threat of losing your writing gets you to write and gets you to put that first draft out there. So it's worth a shot. You might want to play around with it and uh, see see what you think. It's gimmicky, but it's it's pretty cool, too. I think that's actually a huge part for freelancers is accountability. And this is just another version of that for accountability for writing. Right. Like if you stop yeah. writing, it's going to to disappear potentially. Um, yeah. And it's I, called I the most dangerous with... writing app. So, well, it's pretty cool. That's cool. That's cool, too. It just makes you want to. Um, Oh yeah. Let's see how dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought, oh, here we go. So it has a prompt where you can generate a prompt. If you are going to be writing, you know, maybe fiction. Um, so I did it a few times. Here's a prompt that I think I would love to get some listener feedback on. There was a legend about the well in the garden. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I mean, just saying. Oh, I got that one. I just got that one. Did you? Okay. So the generating prompt is. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. What do, what do you got? Let's see. Uh, That's not one. That's not a good one. <laughs> As he took in the view from the 20th floor, the lights went out all over the city. That's good Ooh. stuff. My first how, one. How, how about. He, he had waited 20 years to return it. 
It's pretty good too. Not bad. Blockbuster let's video see, out of business. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> here's here's my final one. Bacon sandwiches always reminded her. Dot dot dot. <laughs> Please tell me that's made up. <laughs> no, that's real. That's on the. It site. says bacon sandwiches. <laughs> bacon sandwiches always reminded her. This one's and, funny. There was sadness in her face. There was sadness in her face as she told him he looked a lot like his father. <laughs> that was kind of mean. I the, man, this this, this one might get most, us. This one might get us canceled, but I'm going there. <laughs> he had never seen so many homeless people in one place. Oh, that's a that's a weird right. prompt, isn't it? Yeah, weird San prompt. Diego, by the yeah. way. Downtown. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's why they call it the most dangerous random prompt generator. That's true. Because you might yeah, can't write about. That's true. Um, <laughs> well, gents, that was some great picks this week. We got some some practical make yourself some more money, a tool that might help you become better at what you do or collaborate with a team. And also you can become a dangerous writer. Writer. So <laughs> add that to your LinkedIn it. bio. There you go. Uh, checking it out. The right most now. dangerous writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, well, because I've only just started, I'm going to say the nearly dangerous the nearly writer. <laughs> yeah. Almost dangerous. All right. Well, this was very, a very topical topic, money for freelancers. We didn't unpack a lot of things. And again, we'll end this episode kind of how we started. None of us are experts in the finance industry. Um, we're not recommending things that you should do. We're just saying, hey, here's some things that have worked for us or haven't worked for us. But if you have a, a CPA or if you have an accountant or if you have a financial advisor, run your ideas past those people that are that. And if you don't have those individuals, um, I'm sorry, there's nothing else we can say to help you. I, we're, we're just, we're peers. We're peers in the industry. <laughs> we're just your fellow friends, your fellow freelance friends <laughs> that like to dance, that like to dance. We like to, yeah, we got the one, two, the one, two step. Freelance, we got the freelance dance. Yeah. The freelance finance dance. Uh, all right, wrap all it right. up. Let's go. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of The Freelance Dance. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Have an idea for a show or a question? Go to thefreelancedance.com or hit us up on Twitter at underscore freelance dance. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Until next time. <laughs>